Hey, hello everyone. This is Stuart Crawford. Welcome back to another edition of the MFP Show here on Blog Talk Radio. And I'd like to thank the folks on Blog Talk Radio for providing this excellent forum for us to use to get some great messaging out to the managed service community. And for those also with Echo devices and other types of uh, at-home devices like that, we also are on uh, the Amazon uh, Echo devices. And I think we're starting to get on the Google one as well, but that'll come in time. Anyway, I'd like to welcome a good friend of mine to our program this week. David Russell uh, comes from us in the San Francisco Bay Area. I think he's a little further north than San Francisco, but also runs Managed to Win. And David, I've had, I've had David on this program a few times over the years, and David and I have known each other for many, many years going back, and we were just talking about it a little while ago, going back to a Tech Select event in Calgary, Canada. I'm going to say, David, probably 12, 13 years ago now, but welcome to you, and uh, welcome to our program today. Hey, well, thanks, Stuart. It's great to be here. I love what you guys do at Ulistic, and, uh, you know, I, re I recommend you often, so uh, fun to be on here and talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> well, I want to talk about charm because, you know, I, you know, charm's cool. Some, some, some people would say that I'm naturally charming, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, in all, in all serious, you got a new, uh, new thing going on called, um, charm school. And I know you're tied into, you know, I know your leadership, HR is kind of your, your thing there, but, uh, you know, for those people, first of all, before we get into that, just you know, give give us a little bit of your background and how you became to be, you know, one of the leaders in the MSP community. Well, I, I kind of fell into the industry in uh, 1982 um, when I was doing events. I started doing events. I decided that was a business I wanted to start. I did a health and fitness show, and I lost $3,000. And then in the course of that, IBM had come out with their PCs, and I thought, wow, I need a computer. And I talked to a local computer guy and he said, hey, we need a computer show that's local. So I did a computer show and I made $3,000. So I said, hey, I'm in the computer industry. So I've been here ever since. Um, got out of the show business in uh, 1985 and uh, been a bar and a system builder and um, been funded during the dot-com and had the joy of having a dot-com and then the uh, emotional distraught of having a go dot-bomb and then uh, worked for a software company, and then I've been consulting with MSPs, basically to help bad bosses be great leaders since 2006. And um, we came out with uh, Charm School, which is currently 14, soon to be 15 courses. It basically helped employees, you know, learn professional behaviors. Um, when I grew up, you know, we were had a lot of this stuff drilled into us by our parents. Um, you know, character, empathy, how to start and end conversations, how to, you know, resolve conflict, um, how to catch concerns, um, how to do a service call or a sales call type of thing. These type of things, you know, I learned a lot in my family. Um, <laughs> some people, I guess, learn the wrong way, right, Stuart? You know, you you learn the, the bad behaviors in the family. But I had, I had a pretty good family. So. Yeah, I've seen, you know, I probably can relate to that in, in some of my relationships with others in the past. Just just wondering, shake, you left there shaking your head going, okay, this person doesn't know. And I have a good question, and I'm, I'll bring that I'll bring that up in a second here. But uh, so now, so yes, you got this charm school thing going on. It's helping employees, and, and I imagine helping uh, the leaders of business as well. And you've still got, you've still got managed to win going on, David? 
Yeah, I mean, we still have some other things going on. Uh, term school is our primary focus right now, is expanding the number of courses. It's online now as a, a low monthly subscription. And uh, we have a lot of MSPs that are incorporating it uh, with new employee onboarding. You know, slam them in there. So do a course a day, do the online quizzes that relate to the course to show that you're learning something. And that's really good. And then they're also using it with existing employees and the employees go on and take the courses. Um, we do have Managed to Win software, which is an HR software platform. And um, then we've got really the, the other things that are big for us are Certified Leader, which is a six month leadership training course. Very popular. Um, the, the people love it. I'm actually at the biggest group right now. I've got two groups going right now. Um, one has five people and one has seven people. Um, that's the most we've ever had in Certified Leader. And uh, hands down, the the references, you know, testimonials on it, uh, they love it because it's it's 12 weeks of group courses online. And then every other week, I do a one-on-one -on -one call with each individual to achieve goals that they set at the beginning of the program to help themselves uh, become a better leader. Sometimes it's new leaders. Other times I've got, you know, a partner or a COO, you know, in the program. So, you mean, and I always looked up to you as kind of the, the leadership guru uh, in our in our space. And, you know, and you and I have had numerous conversations on this topic. But, you know, let's, for those maybe tuning in for the first time hearing us talk, you know, you know, and then MSP, we're just kind of, you know, since this show is targeted at MSPs, David, is where do you see the biggest shortfalls uh, for leadership in an MSP company? You know, what are, what are, what are some of the, you know, if I sat back, if I see, hear you speaking, I go, yeah, you know what, that's me. You know, what, what are some of the shortfalls that, you know, that MSP business owners are struggling with today? Well, I mean, that's kind of like saying, how do you solve America's problems? It, the answer is it's complicated. But the bottom line is um, a good starting place is you need to spend time on culture and your systems for how you hire, how you manage, how you develop employees, and how you retain them, those four areas. And if you're not spending time on the culture in those four areas, then you have a weak culture. It's, it's and that you. Yeah, you, and you and I have spoken about giving uh, you know, employees meaningful work to do. Like, uh, I'm, I would imagine that's still relevant today for you know for companies that want to go from let's say, uh, you know, just a mediocre business to a, a great man of service business that you know is engaging their their team members in meaningful work. Oh yeah, I mean, it, basically, when I started this this effort, the first book I wrote was called Success with People, and it was a twelve step program for leaders addicted to poor management habits. Um, then I narrowed that down to about um, seven, and now I, I have it as three. It's three strands leadership, and I've, been, I've had it at three strands leadership for many years right now. If you can just do three things well, um, that cord of three strands is not easily broken. You can really climb your mountain and go achieve your, your goals. The first strand is systematic power. So. A lot of leaders in the MSP space are very systematic in the sales process if that's their background, or they're systematic in the technical process if that's their background, but they're not systematic with people. So they're very haphazard. They set goals and don't come back to them. They, they tell the employees to behave one way, but then they're not a role model for that behavior. 
that's why we have charm school. Um, so the systematic piece is super important. That's the first strand. But the second one is what you just brought up, meaningful work. Meaningful work is different for each employee. Now, there, hopefully there's some overlap because of what your company does and your culture, but it's going to be different. So if you can get each employee involved in work that's personally fulfilling for them, they'll stick with you through thick and thin. So I agree that meaningful work is, is, I think, the most important, although it's my second strand. And then the third strand is sincere gratitude. So you've got to value members of your team sincerely for them to stay with you. So if you're systematic, you're trustworthy, people, people things are consistent, and you get people engaged in meaningful work and you value them as team members, you've got the core components of great leadership, and you just work that. And it's very effective. And that, you know, and I heard, and I heard you say that before. And you know, so, but Dave, you know, how, how do you take a guy like me who is okay? Let's use my story. I'm a military guy, right? My background is in the military. I come in and I get into the IT business out of the military. And my, you know, my definition of leadership was some undereducated sergeant yelling at me. And and uh, and and of course that that gets ingrained into our psyche. You know, how do we how do for those people out there who are kind of who were, and I, I think my wife keeps telling me I've gotten better over the years. But you know, you know, how do we, how, how do you take somebody like that and 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 change them into uh, you know to the leader that they should be in order to lead a group of uh, MFP employees to the promised land? Well, so, um, well, let me. I'm not going to use you as a specific example because I know you too well. I don't want to put you on the on the spot, but um, I also want to warn the audience. You know, if you didn't do the math, I'm 61 years old, just turned 61. So, and and I've made plenty of mistakes. So a lot of what I oh teach we all, is, and we all have right yeah that's right helping people avoid mistakes. Well, one of the biggest challenges for leaders is to understand how you make decisions and understand your behaviors and your habits and what's motivating that. A lot of us have struggled with a not good enough message that we got when we were younger. You might have gotten it from your drill sergeant. You're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so you make certain decisions trying to prove that you are good enough. Or you may have you know, had a drill sergeant that told you to do things and then corrected you. So you have leaders that, you know, say, hey, I'm delegating authority to you, but then they uh, contradict the person or they overrule them constantly during the day. It's very destructive. You have people that set values for their company, post them on the wall like Enron and Bernie Madoff, but then they go and do things that are totally contradictory to those values. They're not a good role model for the values. And then that trickles down throughout the organization. Um, and it can come back to, you know, this not good enough mantra that was drilled into them as a child or through a, a marriage that wasn't too healthy or other relationships, or there may be other things that went on, you know, but we all have some wounds. And unfortunately, a lot of times those wounds drive us subconsciously. And I'm not a shrink, by the way. But they they drive us subconsciously to uh, our behaviors and our habits. And then we're doing things that, you know, in essence, we don't really agree with. Um, 
but we just do them and they're habits and we get stuck in them. And, you know, you've got to break the habits. In our, in our latest, you'll like this, Stuart, our latest Three Strands Leadership Training, which next month we'll add to Dave's Charm School. Um, and I've never put out a training that you can do on your own on Three Strands Leadership. But early on, we used The Matrix. Remember that movie, The Matrix? I, I know. I never really got into it, but I understand the theory behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So The Matrix was the computers took over the world, and the world was actually decimated. It was, you know, a mess. It was like the worst polluted environment you could ever see. But the computers changed it so you actually felt it was just as it is today. <laughs> it was beautiful, and it was nice, but it really wasn't that way. So. This concept of leadership is you've got to understand reality. What truly are your strengths and how do you build on those? It's not just beating yourself up about weaknesses. But what are the strengths and how do you spend more time there, more focus there, build on those? And then what are the weaknesses that you've got so you can be aware of them and don't try to turn them into a strength, but you can make them so they don't pull you down, drag you back. Ball and chain. Does that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So, oh, so let's. Uh, I had to turn my phone off there. It always seems to ring when I'm in the middle of a podcast. But uh, so okay, that's, that's great. So okay, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit and kind of you know talk about uh, you know Charm School because I know that's your new your new gig. So you kind of introduced it a little bit. Um, you know, let's uh, let's go into more detail and uh, you know. How how does it work, David? Well, Charm School basically is, as I mentioned, some people are using it because it's pre-recorded trainings that have quizzes for each lesson within a course, and there's 14 courses, so that probably means there's you know close to 100 different lessons, um, and and so they they give them to the new employees, and they can work through it, and it gives them a standard of behavior and how to interact with others that many of them don't really know because they've never been trained. Um, what I really enjoy is people that are using it on a weekly or biweekly basis with teams of people, and they either can use the pre-recorded training so they'll watch it in advance and then pick out where they're going to stop and start it so they can say, hey, let's pause for a moment. Remember this situation that happened you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago? That relates to what Dave's saying. What would we have done differently based on what Dave's training today? Mm -hmm. And have a dialogue and make it real. And I do have some people that listen to the training. So the facilitator needs to listen to it or watch it first to pick out those areas they want to stop and start at. But then also I have some people that watch it and take notes and then they deliver the training and they just use the PowerPoint file. And, um, but the key, Stuart, and this is critical, I, I encourage everyone who signs up, the key is, okay, you finish one or two lessons, three lessons in a training. Um, some people will go through the whole course. I kind of like to break it into separate parts. But when you finish, it's like, okay, they've covered a lot of stuff. What's one thing we're going to do as a group, or what's one thing each of us are going to do individually that you commit, you're going to try, you're going to pilot, to do things differently for the week or two, you know, in the next week or two before we meet again and go through the next part of this training. What are you going to do differently? And then the facilitator, the leader, follows up in the interim, not daily, that'd be kind of irritating, but, you know, maybe once a week or a couple times a week saying, hey, I know you're working on such and such based on the training. How's that going? 
because it really comes down to the application, right, Stuart? I mean, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't act on it, it's worthless. Yeah. So, are you finding, David, with this, you know, the your clients that are going through this, that they're are they coming in with um, like low customer satisfaction scores, and that's the reason why they're coming to you? What, like, what are the reasons why MSPs are waking up and saying, you know, I got to run my my staff through this? Um, some of them it's because they're expanding and they've got a lot of new hires. Um, more, more often it's because they had an aha moment. It's one of those, I know this has never happened with your staff, Stuart, but they have a moment where they're like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. You know, the, the employee that went and uh, took a nap in his car in the parking lot of the client and then billed the client for the time. Or the employee that took a nap in the lunchroom of the client snoring and then billed the client for the time. Or the, or the, or the tech that goes on site checks in with the receptionist, does all the work, and then leaves. And then somebody calls the client and says, hey, uh, just want to check in. Are you happy with the work our, our engineer did yesterday? And the client says, your guy was here? So we have, we have a course on you know, how, to, how to do a great remote service call and how to do a great on-site service call. Um, we have communications 101. We have things, you know, some tips that, a lot of people you hire just have never been trained. Um, but they, they do it because they, they know that to stay in the game, you've got to provide a great client experience these days. There's too many options. There's too many other MSPs out there that overpromise and underdeliver. But the, your clients won't know that until they stop using you because they're upset with the way an employee behaved. And then they went to your competitor. And so they don't want to see that happen. That's you know, and that's uh, yeah. that's 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 true. You know, that's uh, you know, we see it. We see it all the time. Like even, you know, even just how people interact. And it, it, you make sense. It, it does come. I think it does come back from just lack of training. And you know, or maybe this is they need to be shown the proper way to, uh, the proper way to. I don't want to say behave, but uh, you know, act like act with act with clients. Well, that's right. Uh, Charles Duhigg in his book, The Power of Habit, claims that 40% of how we behave each day is by habit. Mm -hmm. And so one of the courses is, is catching concerns. You know, if you can teach your people to catch concerns before they escalate into full-blown conflict. Then there's another one called Workplace Drama. It's my favorite because it has so much stuff in there that not only applies professionally but personally. And it talks to you about, hey, learn to recognize your triggers. You know, your trigger might be to procrastinate. That ticket comes in and you don't respond to it because you know that client's really difficult. You know, or you don't respond to it because you want to look at something else. But wait a minute, you got an SLA response time you're supposed to hit. Or you've got a standard with your company you're supposed to hit. And people aren't paying attention to it. So the fact that Dave's Charm School saves MSPs time because we put together the training and all you got to do is deliver it. And, and you don't even have to deliver it. You don't have to learn it. You can just watch it, think of some scenarios, then just go through the videos and stop and start when you want to. And you get the training that your people need, but you don't have to put in the time to develop these courses on your own. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's really life-changing stuff. It helps people learn better habits.
And you know, what, I'm, I'm, I mean, I I know that there's definitely a lack of customer service skills out there because you see it everywhere you go. From uh, I can't remember where I can't remember where it was. I mean, I travel all the time, so I maybe mean, maybe it was in Raleigh. Actually, it was in Fort Lauderdale Airport, and the wait the host at the the Chili's. If you've ever been to Chili's at Fort Lauderdale, at the, you know it, at the JetBlue terminal. It's known for being not being that great of a customer service environment, anyways, at the best of times. But uh, <laughs> this one, this one particular person, she was very snappy and very rude to people, and she had a long lineup. And I'm sure that was just. But I can relate to that, David. You know, when people are stressed, right, and how they, you know, and we talked about it with disc profiles in the past, where what's their natural yeah. behavior like, and what's their stressed environment, what's stress behavior like. Yeah, I can see this person being, you know. You know, in the stressed environment, that's their natural behavior is to get snappy and, you know, and, and they they don't think they're doing anything wrong. But the person like me who's standing there waiting for a table going, gee, what crawled up this person's backside and got, you know, made them upset today? <laughs> well, I, and I have a service manager who's a great guy. And he listened to the conflict training, the workplace drama training. And one of the, one of the recommendations in there is when you recognize your trigger. Okay. And he had a client. Then that uh, would be really nasty on the phone, and it would make him mad. Mm-hmm. And so the the training said, "Hey, when you have that situation, recognize your trigger. You're starting to get mad, and get off the phone and take yep. a break." And he told me later, he's like, he, he was laughing when he told me later. He said, "I am so happy I applied that with this client. They started getting mad at me, and I just said, okay, well." I think I understand the situation. Uh, I'll be back to you in two hours with, you know, what I think we should do as next steps. Got off the phone and just walked away and did something else. And it was so effective for him to maintain control and not blow up at the client because they don't want to lose a client, even if they're a little bit nasty. If they're too nasty, they have to lose them. But, um, you know, that's the type of thing. They hear something and then they go to the application. And it's the application that really gives you the ROI on charm school. Because wouldn't it be great if when any client called any of your people, they received the same excellence from your organization? That's what we want, right? Consistency. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's and, and that's why Missy in, in our company doesn't allow me to respond to nasty client emails or because she knows how I'll respond. She tells you, you just forward them over to me and I'll deal with them. <laughs> well, and, we, and we've all got them, but you know, yeah. even the best companies struggle with consistency of excellence. So, you know, I'm not a Starbucks fan, but I will go to Starbucks regularly because I know the consistency of the experience. But a, about a year ago, it was about, I don't know, seven o'clock at night. And I swung into one with my, my two daughters, uh, 13 and 10 year old at the time, and I'm not really paying attention and they wanted to get a snack. I, you know, I didn't want anything, but so, uh, you know, the young man uh, who cut, who had his, when I looked up, the young man was filling the order for the person in front of me. And I looked and I'm looking at his boxer shorts, his jeans without a belt are below his buttocks in a Starbucks. That was like one of the people working at the Starbucks. Yeah, that's wow, the guy okay. serving us at Starbucks in Fremont or something like that. And uh, so when he turned around and came back, I said, look, buddy, uh, you can either pull up your pants or I'm not going to be able to stay here with my young daughters. 
And I just couldn't stop myself. And he went, oh, oh, well, I'm sorry, you know, and, you know, pulled up his pants. He looked like a nice guy. He looked like he was sharp. Where's the problem, Stuart? Is the problem with the employee or is the problem with the manager and a lack of training and enforcement of policy? I would say it's with the manager and the lack of training and the lack of enforcement of policies. Exactly. Exactly. She allowed him, and I saw the manager there. She didn't give me a nice look when I, when I chastised him. And then I filed a complaint with Starbucks. Um, the, uh, but, you know, it's all management's fault. This young guy's there. He's trying to do his best, you know, get a job. And otherwise, his service was great. His attitude was good. He had a good demeanor, although I totally threw him off um, with my comment. But that's where leaders, you've got to train your people how to behave. Otherwise, they just don't understand. We actually, the funnest course we have in charm school is, is uh, business etiquette, where I have 30 different questions about dining etiquette, Stuart. I'll challenge you whether you can get all of those correct. And then we have other things like dress and, and some things that are just great for a team to go through and have some fun. Um, mm -hmm. But let's also open your eyes. Some things are acceptable. Some things are not. And what are our standards and how are we going to live that out? It's great conversation. It's great training. Oh yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably fail the dining experience, <laughs> and, and no, no fault, no fault, because I've never, I, you know, and yeah, let me be during the military, I had a little bit more experience in formal dining, but you know, it was just never, it was just never part of my upbringing. You know, formal dining for for me was, you know, if we got really lucky, my dad took me for a steak at Ponderosa. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you're right. Some of them are just, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're fun. They're, they're like, okay, so, so you go to a meal with, with uh, you know, some peers or, or clients or whatever. Who picks up the tab? Good point. How do you, uh, yeah, how does that work, right? Well, as far as so, what the manners, you know, gurus would tell you, is, is the person who invited the others to the meal. That's what I would have said, too, yeah. yeah. Unless it's agreed to otherwise. When you yeah. get up from the chair to go to the restroom or do whatever, do you leave your napkin on the table or do you leave it on your chair? I always put it on the chair. That's correct. <laughs> maybe I'm a little more maybe maybe I'm a little more formal than you and like like, like the thing. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And by the yeah. way, on the on the uh on that who pays for the meal type of thing, uh one thing you can do that's classy is get to the restaurant a little bit early and give them your credit card in advance. I've done so that before. There's no, yeah. there's no haggling over the credit card when the bill comes in. Yeah. So it looks very classy to a client, too. But just, you know, and that's dining. A lot of our employees never deal with a dining issue. But um, it's just good stuff, and it's missing uh, for MSPs to have this training. And, it's, you know, Stuart, it's one of the things. It's like, it's like a, a muscle. It's like exercise. You've got to have the training regularly to reinforce what you want people to do on the job, how you want them to behave. You don't do it once and then, hey, I'm fit. I can go be in the Olympics. You know, um, it's ongoing training that you, that mm -hmm. you need to do with your people to review, remind them, engage, discuss, apply to recent situations. So it's really cool from that regard. Gotcha. So, Dan, I'm going to switch gears. Well, actually, before we switch gears, um, Tell me, tell or for the listeners out there, how do they how do they get more information about Charm School? 
Oh, just go to davescharmschool.com. No apostrophe between on the Daves, just uh, D-A-V-E-S, uh, charmschool.com. And oh, all the information's there. As a matter of fact, if they subscribe, it's 14 days free. If they subscribe, have them forward me their um, subscription confirmation to david at managethewin.com, and I will extend their free trial from 14 days to 30 days. Oh, perfect. So, so no, no risk. Just go test drive it for, and I'll even extend it. You can have it for a full month, and um, awesome. I'm happy to. And I'll even get on the phone with them if they want to kind of walk through. Here's what I'm thinking of training. I did that with a guy, uh, two partners at an MSP a couple weeks ago. They're just like, okay, here's what we're thinking. We want to go this approach. They wanted to do a whole course at a time, you know, have an hour or two long training. And I said, you can do it that way. That's fine. Uh, my preference is more break it into smaller pieces that are 20 to 30 minutes and focus on the application type of thing. If you're dealing with existing employees and, uh, and teams. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, so that's where they can go, and I'd be happy to to uh, to extend that for anyone if, if they'd like to just uh, send that along to me. Okay, so I've, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to anybody about this, and you're seeming to be the right person who can answer this question based on your background. You know, David, the, uh, the world is starting to blow up with these uh, anonymous review sites, you know, Glassdoor, Google reviews, all, you know, Reddit, you know, let's say an MSP business owner gets a, a negative review about from an, a former employee or even an existing employee. How do you recommend that they deal with that? Because I get this question all the time and I, you know, uh, it's always one that we kind of go back and have some data, have some debate about, but you no, know, since I got the the leadership guru on the phone, I thought I might as well just ask you. <laughs> well, so there's, there's two schools of thought on that. Um, well, there's, there's three. So uh, there's offense, defense, and more of kind of a, a neutral approach. So offense is you can go fight it tooth and nail and go on active offense and not just defend but attack. Um, defense is you can defend yourself and really dive in and dig in and defend. Uh, the challenge with either of those approaches is that when you have someone, particularly when they're anonymous, they get carte blanche to say anything, um, including libelous, and, you know, um, really go overboard. Um, I think it's actually a detriment to free speech to have anonymous um, websites like this. Um, I had a guy... Um, I wrote a post on, I wrote a response to an article on uh, Medium uh, like a year ago. And I, I wrote something. Um, oh, actually, I, I wrote something. I, um, I wrote something on Trump where I said, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of Trump, but I hoped that he would surround himself with smart people. That was basically just what I said. A year later, somebody wrote a nasty, um, you know, Thing about me and, and you know uh, it was just really nasty and I, I did respond to the guy one time um, where I just said I don't think you're right on what you're saying I don't get where you say that but everything you're saying seems to apply to you if you look in the mirror I couldn't stop myself <laughs> I do not recommend that type of response make that clear okay here I am um, gotcha so my, my recommendation is a neutral response because you do need to respond if it's about your business or your integrity um, and, and that relates to your business, 
Um, obviously, when you're a superstar and you've got you know millions of people writing whatever they want, you cannot respond. Just let it go. I think Trump can be really foolish with a lot of stuff he does. But uh, as, a, as an MSP leader, if a supposed client or supposed ex-employee, because they're anonymous, you don't really know, or you may know who it is based on what they say, I think you do need to post a response, but what you need to do is you need to take your time in posting. And by taking your time, I mean probably at least um, a day or two, if not three days to a week. And the reason is you want to write a draft response that's unemotional as possible and brief. The, the, yeah. the tricky part is too many people let their emotions drive the response and or they make it long. And you have to understand that the person who writes the nasty gram, is that okay that I call it a nasty gram? Works for me. Okay. The person who writes the nasty gram, if you respond, is only looking for more opportunities to be nasty. True. They're, yeah, they're not they're not being logical, they're not being fair, they're not looking for truth. They're looking to vindicate themselves. And oftentimes well actually most, if not all times, they are not in reality, they're in the matrix. <laughs> you go back mm -hmm. to that example. <laughs> they're in the matrix. And um and they're wounded. They're wounded people. They have their wounds in their life, and now they're going to lash out with you. And they're not dumping on you just because you made a mistake. You probably did make a mistake, but it's probably minor compared to what they're saying. And then they're going to blow it out of proportion because of their wounds. So sorry, that was really a long answer. But the, oh, the basic sense. thing is don't respond emotionally and keep it brief. And give, your time to work, give yourself time to work through some drafts. And particularly if you have some other people you can work through those drafts with, it's like, how would you read this if I posted it? Um, I know you and me, you know, Stuart, it's like, hey, you know, like Ross Perot said, I see a snake, I kill it. So there's a problem, I'm gonna solve it. Boom. When you're dealing with somebody like that, that's uh, the anonymous nasty person, uh, you can't be that logical. You have to move a little bit slower, a little bit more carefully. And then you respond one time and you walk away. Don't pay attention to the rest of the dribble. Yeah. Let them, uh, let them have good, their that's, little stuff. That's good, solid advice, David. I mean, that's, uh, I know a lot of person, present people, present company uh, included, uh, are, are dealing with kind of stuff like that because of, you know, situations that uh, may or may not be true. But, uh, you know, that's a question I get with reputation management. Uh, you know, we just launched our own reputation management solution at Ulystic, it's going live next week or later this week or next week. Probably next week now, but it's, it's Thursday we're, by the time we're recording this. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, a big, it's a big concern for a lot of managed service providers is, re, you know, reputation that, you know, and yeah, right. Some of it, some of it is true and some of it may be um, the truth bent out of shape a little bit to meet the other person's uh, agenda. <laughs> uh, I like to say, the, you know, the ones that out there trying to pick a fight, right? And yeah, I think you kind of summarize that, you know, there. So. David, you know, it's always a always a pleasure to you know catch up with you for a few minutes and learn you know what you guys are going on. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do something on your your uh, podcast coming up. Talk about bad the bad bosses podcast. I was on 
I was like one of the first ones on it like a year or so ago. And I, and, but uh, you know, before we wrap up, tell tell us a little about that because that's a that's another podcast that you got going on that you put up on YouTube and a few other channels. Well, I, I would encourage people to subscribe to No Bad Bosses. It's on iTunes, and really, we get more listeners than anything else. And uh, I bring different leaders on. We talk about leadership. I got a slew of leaders coming up in the next few weeks that um, are people I don't even know, and uh, but they're very, you know, they have skill sets in different areas. They're not all MSPs. Uh, but it applies, and you're coming back, and um, and it's just uh, the no bad bosses ma- mantra is you know if you may be a bad boss but not an evil one, you may be inconsistent, you may be a micromanager, you may not follow up, you may have some bad boss habits, and so what we're focused on is well where has it worked for other people, and you know one guy talked about how you choose your board of directors. Another guy talked about, you know, or actually those same two guys, it was two guys, then talked about how to work with millennials. And, um, you know, different people jump into areas of their passion. And there's some, there's some tidbits in there that's worth it. So, you know, sign up on iTunes for No Bad Bosses. Listen to it while you commute, while you, while you work out, whatever it is. And then, uh, or sign up, also sign up, you know, consider my newsletter. I, I don't throw stuff out there, you know, without thought. Uh, occasionally there is, you know, we are mentioning charm school or something, but we don't do that a lot, but, um, you know, there's stuff that I put out that, that can help you. There's some ideas there. Take a look at it. Encourage them to do it. Just go to manage to win.com. It's just uh, manage T O W I N.com. And there'll be links to the, the blog and also no bad bosses. Great. And the, um, and the website for charm school is Dave's charm school.com. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Awesome. David, thanks again for doing this. I uh, really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to you know, come and talk to us. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we always uh, seem to have a, a good, uh, good candor between us, which, you know, going back, uh, you know, gee, 12 or 13 years now. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it has always been fun though, Stuart. I wish you the best. And, um, you know, I hope your reputation management piece goes well. I know your marketing stuff is very creative. Always is. I think that's one of the benefits of you listening is, your creativity and it's not, you know, um, everything's like um, the same for hundreds of sites. You're working with clients and making it unique for each one of them. And I think that's awesome. That's what we strive for. Uh, Dave, thanks again for us. And folks, for those on the, on the podcast today, uh, tune in next week. We're going to have um, a great talk about LinkedIn from Andrew Moon from Orange Nomad. He's going to join us and talk about, uh, you know, how MSPs can use LinkedIn to build networks and, uh, you know, actually use it to generate new opportunities. So, David, thanks again, and we'll see you all next week here on the MSP Show on Blog Talk Radio.